Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. Go on to any health blog for mums, and chances are you'll come across an article about adrenal fatigue. Apparently, it's when persistent levels of stress deplete your adrenal glands. Naturopaths in particular profess to have the solution. But dig a little bit deeper and it's hard to find any medical research that supports it as a condition. If you're a mum, chances are you do feel stressed and you're probably tired too. So is adrenal fatigue real or not? Dr. Rosie Worsley is an endocrinologist specializing in women's health. That is, she specializes in women's hormones. Hi, Rosie. Welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Hi, thanks for having me. Let's start with a very basic biology lesson. Where are our adrenal glands in our body and what do they do? So the adrenal, you've got two of them to start with, and they're little almost triangular shaped little glands that sit on top of your kidneys. So one on top of each kidney. And their main role is to make the hormone cortisol. They also do make other hormones such as aldosterone, but the one that um, is, is most pertinent here is cortisol. And cortisol is called the stress hormone. So it's involved in the stress response. Um, and that can be physical or psychological stress. But essentially, if you are, if your body's under stress, you'll make lots of cortisol, um, and cortisol has various actions, um, including preparing your body for uh, defending itself. Um, it helps you put on weight, which is you know something we don't always want, but which would have been <laughs> helpful in the past. Um, and it's vital for staying alive. So people who don't have adequate adrenal function. Uh, would die. Um, So that's a very serious medical condition Mm. um, that, you know, isn't actually that uncommon um, and requires lifelong medication. Right. So if you don't have enough uh, cortisol in your adrenal glands, you'll die. That's one thing. Can they get depleted without it being that severe? Yes and no, I suppose. So the the idea behind adrenal fatigue, that the adrenal glands is just sort of a little bit subpar and then they get better, that's not something that's a recognised phenomenon. You certainly, in the early stages of conditions like Addison's disease, so Addison's disease is an autoimmune disorder of the adrenal glands um, that causes failure of the adrenal glands. So Um, cortisol deficiency. In the early phases of that, you certainly can have reduced production of cortisone, which then progresses onto total failure of cortisol. And and that can happen with other conditions as well, where you've sort of got these partially functioning adrenal glands. But it's quite a different scenario to, say, adrenal fatigue. The idea that when you're under stress, you've got a suboptimal adrenal response isn't something that's been shown to or demonstrated to occur at this point. Why do you think that term adrenal fatigue has become almost almost like a, a fad? Like people talk about it a lot and and lots of women are connecting to the term adrenal fatigue. Um, in your experience working with women, why why do you think that is? Well, I think it's it's a good description of a, a group of symptoms. So the symptoms that it describes, they're, they're symptoms that commonly do go together. 
and that do commonly occur in women and that do commonly occur when people are under severe stress. So the symptoms, you know, they do group together like that. And I think it's the explanation and the label that I wouldn't say was accurate. I think why has it become a big thing? You know, I, I don't really know, but I would presume that marketing is um, a large part of it. There's certainly no sort of adrenal fatigue research that I'm aware of, um, you know, in recognised institutions, but there's certainly very heavy marketing online. There's a big business in terms of um, selling supplements in particular for adrenal fatigue. But I think the other thing is that when people feel unwell, they really do want an explanation and an explanation can be very helpful in, in managing and dealing with symptoms. And so, you know, perhaps this started out as um, somebody's attempt at providing an explanation for those symptoms. And that can be very validating um, and it can help people sort of manage their symptoms day to day. Um, it's just that we don't have sort of concrete evidence that the particular explanation given for adrenal fatigue is is what's causing it. Mm. Um, and part of that problem is that women's health generally, because this is a thing that mainly affects women, it's, it's very poorly researched. And particularly when you're looking at symptoms like fatigue, we've got a really poor understanding of what causes fatigue. You know, how do you even know you're tired? You know, how does the body and the brain perceive fatigue? We, we don't even know basic questions like that. So it's very hard to say to someone, you know, yes, you're tired and you're struggling and you're really, you know, suffering a lot, but I can't give you an explanation. That's very difficult. And having an actual explanation, even if it's the wrong one, sometimes, you know, people find that comforting. So when we talk about the symptoms, um, what would you, would you add anything to fatigue? I mean, fatigue for me is that bone weary tiredness where you um, mm. just want to lie down and sleep forever. Are there any other symptoms that you would kind of um, categorise as these symptoms that women are tending to feel? Well, I think a lot of different things get labelled as adrenal fatigue and they tend to be, from what I've seen, you know, a lot of non-specific symptoms which can be caused by a variety of things but which women are, are quite prone to, particularly when they're basically being asked to do more than is humanly possible for one person <laughs> to do at any one time. Okay. You know, things like feeling stressed all the time, feeling anxious, having poor sleep, issues with weight, whether that's maintaining weight or whether it's gaining weight too easily, um, difficulty concentrating, brain fog, um, all, all of these sort of things. So sometimes, I think, you know, my main problem with adrenal fatigue is that because it isn't an official diagnosis, you just want to make sure that if that's what you're going with, everything else has been ruled out, mm -hmm. um, you know, that somebody's made sure you're not iron deficient, your thyroid's functioning well, all of those things um, before you settle on something like that. You specialise in, in women's health. I'm just wondering whether um, you've found with mothers in particular whether their fatigue is often attributed to things like you said, um, low iron or a thyroid problem. I mean, are they quite common in the women that you see? Oh, they're very common, particularly iron deficiency. And it seems to be something that um, just sort of gets sat on, you know, that we, we so there was a lot of women who have iron that's low. It's not necessarily you know, in their boots as such, you know, they're not necessarily anemic, but they are a bit low in iron. And, you know, maybe someone along the way said, oh, I try some iron supplements or, 
you know, maybe it just gets said, oh, you're just sort of a little bit low. Um, but I think, you know, for some women, those sort of factors really do account for, you know, quite a lot of their symptoms and that you have to be a bit more aggressive about it. So that's what I've found, that you've really got to push iron. And if people can't tolerate tablets, we've now got really safe iron infusions that you can use as well. Um, so it's about looking for all of the potentially reversible factors that might be contributing to fatigue um, and addressing as many of those as you can, because at the end of the day, there aren't sort of proven treatments for adrenal fatigue or for stress or for, you know, a lot of or for fatigue generally. So it's about trying to say, well, what, what tools have we got available that we know will help or that will help some people and what can we use? And, and it can be very difficult. Yeah. I'm just wondering if um, when it comes to how people are treating adrenal fatigue, you mentioned that there are a lot of supplements out there that are meant to address adrenal fatigue or what women are identifying as adrenal fatigue. Is any of that dangerous? I mean, I, I have heard of people suggesting some really kind of practical ways of dealing with adrenal fatigue, like you know, more self-care, more resting. And in that sense, I think, well, terming it adrenal fatigue and that as a a, um, a cure or a, a helpful way to deal with it, that seems oh, that. okay. But I'm wondering if thinking that your fatigue can be treated through certain supplements, is there any dangers in that? Or is it, again, they're just going to be adding more vitamins to their bloodstream, which effectively, if they don't need, will get expelled from the body and it's no harm done? Or is there some harm in taking those supplements? I think it's a really good question. And I actually agree with you that I think, you know, some of the naturopaths that work with adrenal fatigue, you know, I don't think they're... Um, you know, evil or something like that. You know, I, I might disagree with the term, but I think often their advice is very good and sensible about, you know, basically trying to get rest and seeing if you can delegate some activities and trying to pace your, pace your activity and things like that. Well, that's very sensible. Um, and I think that sort of advice can be really helpful. I think in terms of supplements, sometimes people get sold a whole lot of really expensive supplements and a lot of them. And I think the area of supplements generally is you know, somewhat vexed because because they're not regulated to the same standards as some, um, you know, uh, pharmacological medicines. You just, you, you never know exactly what's in it. You know, you mm. don't, there's no guarantee that when it says it's got X, Y or Z in it, that that's what's in it. Um, and then for some of the herbs and things, you know, some of them are harmful. Most of them are not, you know, might, there's not that many issues with a lot of these things. But you know, you don't really know what you're putting in your body. So if a, if someone was feeling tired and if they did connect with the symptoms that are associated with adrenal fatigue, should they go and see their GP or do you need a referral to go to an endocrinologist? Um, what, what would you suggest the steps are that they should take? Yeah, I would see a GP and you'd you really need to have see a GP that you have confidence in and that has the time to do a pretty comprehensive assessment because fatigue, you know, it really is the hardest symptom in medicine and it does take quite a bit of um, investigative work. So you need a GP that you feel confident in that you and you feel that you've been heard and taken seriously and not just told, you know, oh, it's nothing. Um, and if you if you see someone and you're not getting 
that feeling that, that you're being taken seriously, then you need to find someone else. And it may be that you need a women's health GP. So if people go to the Australasian Menopause Society webpage, you can find a whole list of GPs who actually specialise in women's health. And, and most of them are just absolutely fantastic. Um, in terms of you know, needing an endocrinologist, that would need a referral, um, but it depends what you need that for. So there may actually be a different specialist in any particular person's case that would be more helpful or they might not need a specialist at all. Mm. And I think a lot of women like to see a naturopath as well, and I think there's, you know, nothing wrong with that. I think it's just important to make sure that if you aren't feeling well that you have seen, you know, a good GP that can just make sure there's nothing a, that's reversible, or B, it's sinister that's going on. Rosie, thank you so much for shedding light on this topic. It's been so interesting. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much for having me. That's Dr. Rosie Worsley. She's an endocrinologist specialising in women's health, and there'll be links to her website in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.